the title uh, of the message is a question. And I'll wait till Joey turns on our feed. We good? Okay. The title of the message is, Have You Received a Gift Today? All right? And, and we'll talk about that uh, coming up. But I want you to pay particular attention to the music that was chosen for today. Uh, and don't just sit and be blessed, but sing it. And if you don't have a good voice, it doesn't matter. You know, sing it and think about the words that you're saying. We have a deal? Okay. Chip? It's, uh, it's called Make a Joyful Noise, not, not Sing Like an Opera Singer. So. Bonnie? I love you. <laughs> All right, so would you please rise if you can? Am I? Am I on? It's very soft. Can you turn this up a little? Me, 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 me. Okay, thank you. So good morning, church. God is good. And all the time. So life is precious. Make every day count. The Lord gave us life, and it's up to us to do his bidding, to keep this world holy and beautiful. If we listen, he will guide us. If you read his words in the Bible, the clues and instructions are there. If we follow him and live for him, we will make a dent in Satan's evil machinations. Be a beacon that shines light in the crevices. Spread the word that Jesus is king and that his salvation is for all. Amen. What to say, Lord, it's you who gave me life And I can't explain just how much you mean to me now You have saved me, Lord I give all that I am to you And that every day I can be a light that shines on me day, Lord, I'll learn to stand upon your word, and I pray that I, that I may come to know you more, that you would guide me every single step I take, that every day I can be alone until the world, every day, it's you I live for, every day, I follow after you, every day, I walk with you. stand upon your word and I pray that I, that I may come to know you more that you will guide me every single step I take that every day I can be a light into the world every day it's you I live for every day I follow after you every day I walk with you Yeah. 
save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. triumphed over the grave and was wounded and sacrificed for our sake, holds power over death and is glorified by the heavens. His reign shall never end. The creator, creator of time, the Lord of years, the Lord of peace, he will prevail in the final war. He is the Lord of love, the Lord of life, our matchless king throughout eternity. Hands inside, no 
Amen and amen. Won't you please be seated? All right. Repeat with me, brothers and sisters. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, to sin or not to sin? God gives us the choice to live in bondage to wickedness or to be an obedient slave to him. To sin is to court eternal death. To keep from sinning is to accept the sacrifice of Christ Jesus and to live under the grace that he offers. And don't fall back into sin just because you walk under righteousness. For any grace that you reap will be cast to the wind. Be ashamed. Repent and move on under the banner of God. God is not a paymaster. He is a loving Father who wants us to prosper and live sinless in eternal life with him. Thank you. Thank you. As we... Uh, come to prayer this morning. I especially want to lift up uh, Chip, Bonnie, and the family uh, to you as they go through the grieving process for the loss of his mom. And um, I just want to lift up uh, to you the uh, our country again. And um, we really need God's intervention in our country. There's no other way to say it. So um, I'm going to ask uh, the people who will help in the offering if they would come up. Let's pray. Father, we knew Chip's mom. And more importantly, you know her. And Father, when she closed her eyes on this earth, she opened them to see her Savior. We thank you. And yet, Father, we pray for those she left behind, that in this time of mourning, you would bring comfort in this time, Father, of uh, just planning uh, services and all that entails. You would bring joy. And, Father, we thank you. We had the privilege of, of knowing her. We thank you, Father, that one day we'll see her again. So we pray for the family, that you would guide them through, that you would give them wisdom, and that we, they would feel your presence in a in a very real way comfort them father i pray for our country it just doesn't seem to be getting better we need you we need you to intervene in the lives of those who are ruling in the lives of 
uh, people in general, Father, I've, I have never seen in my, all my years of ministry stress levels this high. I pray your comfort and your peace. We pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding that could only come from a settled relationship through faith based upon Jesus. Father, would you bless the offering? Help us to use it to um, expand the kingdom and to lift up your name. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we start the message, let me just say uh, that uh, Janine's inside. I know she's a Yankee fan like me. I'm going to hold a memorial service for the Yankees uh, this week sometime when they lose. So uh, for those Yankee fans who had hoped for the best, well, there's always next year, right? Without Aaron. <laughs> Without Aaron. Whoa. We got you on tape. We got you on tape. <laughs> uh, and if Cy was, was here, he would say, go Buccaneers. So the question I'm going to ask again uh, today is this. Have you received a gift today? Have you? No? Yes? What's the gift? You woke up? You, you woke up, right? As my brother would have said, you don't wake up dead, right? You wake up. You woke up. It's a gift. I woke up this morning. It was one of those nights where it seemed to fly by for me. That doesn't happen too often, but it seemed like I shut my eyes, and before I knew it, it was 6.30, and uh, I still ran late, but uh, it was one of those nights. But my... Uh, this is one of those days where my hands are in agony. And when I, when I woke up, my first inclination was to take a, uh, a leave or something like that, which I didn't. But, um, you know, I, in, all, in all the pain and all that's going on and, and all of this, the Spirit of God just said to me, you received a gift today. You woke up. The question is, what, what will we do with the day? Isn't that the question? What will we do with the day? How you answer the question can reveal our, some of our biblical worldview. And since Ecclesiastes deals with this, uh, we're going we're gonna to look at a, a difficult passage in Ecclesiastes 9, uh, but I believe Solomon gives us some great insights. One of the most humbling things for me uh, when I do a, uh, a gravesite service, uh, I get there usually early, and I'll read some of the tombstones. Have you ever done that, right? Some of them have, have good sayings on them, right? Well dressed up with nowhere to go. Um, and other clever things, but I look at the dates, right? And I'm at the age now when I look at the dates, the date of birth is closer to mine. That's humbling, right? Looking. In fact, the last one I did, the gravestone right behind me, uh, and this is going back about five years ago now, um, this, this gentleman was born in 1952 when I was born. And yet God gives me another gift of every day. It's one thing unique about gravestones is that they have two dates on them, don't they? Date of birth, and what's the other? 
date of death. And I want to suggest to you they're just dates. What's most important is how you lived between those dates. That's what's most important. And that's kind of what uh, uh, Solomon is, is getting at here in this passage, okay? Listen, our date of birth, we know. At least I hope we know, right? We, we know. But none of us knows our date of death. Not yet, correct? Uh, but there will be one. We know that. So there's a secondary question here and really does affect our worldview. And the question is simply this. Okay, Lord, how, uh, what kind of legacy will I leave? I'm not talking about money. What kind of legacy will I leave from the way I lived in the years that you granted me? That's a very real question. Now, listen, I don't think there's any parent or uh, aunt or uncle or relative that would, if they have the assets, would like to share them at uh, at their uh, after they're no longer with us to bless other people in the family. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, <laughs> how can I say this? Those things are going to go away after a while. Isn't that true? Right? They're going to go away after a while. However, there are things that can never be replaced. And those things are things that we do for God in this lifetime. That's why God gives us a gift every day. Here's, here's the bottom line in all of this. If you, if you have problems, join the human race. We all have problems, don't we? Somewhere, somehow, we all have problems, whether they're uh, job-related, whether they're school-related, whether they're uh, uh, financial, whether they're physical. No matter what, we all have problems. But this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. With no sun today and uh, being in, in a nice warm bed this morning, it would have been real easy to put the covers over my head and sleep a little longer. No, God wants me to be here. He wants you to be here. So we're here. Let's look at chapter 9 and we'll unpack this. This is a difficult chapter, and I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Solomon says, so I reflected on all of this and concluded uh, that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. You hear that? All right. But no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. Listen, first of all, only God knows our future. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. We may hear the trumpets blowing and we'll all be raptured. I don't know. But God has all the days of our lives in his hand. Life and death are in God's hands. Both of them. God gives us life and then when it's in his time, he will call us home. Isn't that true? In his time. So, he only gives, he, he, only he gives life and only he can take it away. Everyone will face death in God's time. Isn't that right? Everyone. And the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, the worshiper and the non-worshiper will all have a death date. So death, death is an unfriendly uh, person, Correct. And this is what he says in relation to that. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. 
as it is with the good, so with the sinful. As it is with those who take oaths, so those who were afraid of them. And all Solomon is saying here is, look, unless your name is Captain James T. Kirk, you can't escape death. You can't cheat death. And we get so arrogant sometimes, we, we, we think we can cheat death, don't we? You know, I feel sorry for our physicians. We have one here today. Uh, I feel sorry for our physicians because the unexpected, let me, the unspoken expectation is when you're not feeling well and you go to the doctor and forgive me, but maybe we're not feeling well because we're getting older. We want the doctor to issue some magic pill. That will work. Am I right? Okay. We want a magic pill that's going to work. I don't want to feel as old as I feel. No, you are as old as you feel. <laughs> Maybe you feel older than you really are, you know? I, I, I don't know. Um, one of the problems we have in this country, I believe, is that we no longer ha uh, know how to age gracefully. Please, if you want to take issue with me, that's fine. But why a woman or a man would subject themselves to injecting into their face Botox just to look younger is beyond me. This is one of the most lethal toxins you could put in your body. It can cause, correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, it can cause uh, pulmonary um, distress, right? It can do all sorts of things. It, it, it can travel from the injection site. And I'm saying, why do I want to put poison on my body? God still loves me even though I got wrinkles, a lot less hair, more gray hair. And he loves you too. Listen. Even though we all face physical death, only believers have the hope of the final destiny with Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? We, that's our hope. And it's not a wishy hope. It's a hope that's sealed for us. It's something that we can bank on. There's nothing wrong with setting up a retirement benefit for those of you who are fortunate enough to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the greatest retire, retirement benefit that believers have is to be welcomed into a house made by Jesus. Mortgage-free, sin-free, and never have to do maintenance on it. Isn't that great? I mean, you know, we have to put things in perspective a lot of times. Uh, those who choose to face death without Christ face a final destiny of what? Eternal suffering apart from God in hell. That's what the Bible says. Not a popular message these days. Well, God, God won't send anybody to hell. No, he doesn't. We send ourselves by our sin. And with the only remedy for our sin is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And here's why. Because at the cross, Christ conquered sin, he conquered Satan, and he conquered the grave for us. Sadly, I, I knew a man who, uh, who thought the biggest problem we face in, in this world was global warming. And, I mean, he knew that I'm a pastor. He knows that, uh, you know, I, I love theology and all. And uh, he says to me, what do you think the biggest problem in this world is? And I said, sin. And he said, I do believe we need to be good stewards of our environment, but global warming is not the main problem. It is sin. And there's only one solution to sin, and that's Christ. Oh, I don't believe that stuff. Well, let me ask you, is there life after the grave? This was an actual conversation I had. 
And he said, nah, the grave is final. That's it. There's nothing beyond the grave. Three months later, he passed away. And I often wonder what he thinks now. You hate to think that way, but, you know, the, the great equalizer is going to be the day of our death. Because no matter what we believe, if it's wrong, it's going to be exposed as wrong. But if we embrace Christ, then we have a great destiny, don't we? Look at verse 3. It ties into what we were talking about. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun without God in the picture. The same destiny overtakes all the hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterwards they join the dead. You know what Solomon is saying here? We do our best to try to escape death in any way we can, right? Let me just, all right, I just want to make sure I had the whole verse in there. Listen, many times when we face death or we, f we, we face the death of a loved one, and Chip and Bonnie are going through this, uh, our true character is revealed, what we really believe. Because we're, we're faced with, okay, what happens after death? This is the same situation when we face very difficult times. When we face difficult times, our true character is revealed. Either we trust God or what? We don't. Either we remain obedient to God during those difficult times or we don't. And if we don't, we make more trouble for ourselves. Listen, we ought to be responding in faith and repentance when faced with death instead of trying to escape by abusing alcohol, drugs, fighting with relatives or people and spending great amounts of money on pleasures that are temporary. Whoa. Do, do these sound familiar? I did a funeral many years ago for, for a woman. She was the oldest woman I ever baptized. She came to the Lord uh, very late. She was in her mid-80s. And uh, shortly after the baptism, she was diagnosed uh, with cancer. And um, she, the doctors decided to put her on hospice at home. So I got a call from uh, one of her uh, children. Uh, and these were all adult children, okay, that uh, doesn't look like their mom was going to make it uh, through the rest of the day. So I went up. And I'm, I'm sitting in the bedroom on a, uh, on a chair right beside her and we're praying and reading scripture and in the living room right next to the bedroom the family was arguing rather colorfully about who was getting what and her mom was fully lucid then and I went out and I said, excuse me, look, I, I uh, listen, your mom's in there. She's hearing this. You think this is right for this time? And fortunately, they toned it down. But they had no regard for their mom who was going to transition from this life to heaven. And, you know, I mean, that blows my mind. They weren't even concerned about her. They were concerned who was getting the dining room set, who was getting the living room set, who was getting this money and that money. How would you feel? How would you feel? You know, when, when our sin nature gets a hold of us, we're capable of anything. Even believers, we're capable of everything. And uh, in, in that capability, when we're faced with th things like this, greed sometimes overtakes us. Yeah? Um, 
and it's just not right. It's it's really just not right. Well, Solomon goes on here. Let me get you through this. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Isn't that right? Right? What's what's the hope? We have another day, right? We have the gift of another day. And if you haven't come to the Lord, now's the time. Because you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Isn't that true? Look, listen to this language. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion, right? Dog has life, right? With his life, there's hope. Uh, that's an old motto, by the way, that was coined many years ago. Uh, it's an ancient motto. And here's what the way the mentality goes in the culture. Those who have no hope just want to live for today. Just want to live for today. There was a song in the 60s with that name, Live for Today. There was another song uh, in the 60s that said, if you're not with the one you love, love the one you're with, right? You're revealing your age. Uh, and we, ha we get this mentality that, listen, if there's no hope, it doesn't matter the way you live. Yeah, it does. Because we're a people without, with, uh, let me rephrase that, we're a people with hope. And we have a day to serve the Lord and to serve others and to enjoy his creation, to enjoy family, to enjoy um, recreation. Those are gifts. They're good gifts. We need to trust in Christ and experience the forgiveness that only he can offer uh, the new life, the new fa uh, purpose, and the new faith that he offers. Look at the progression of this. For the living know that they will die, and, but the dead know nothing. <laughs> I mean, bodies in the grave ultimately what? Disintegrate, right? They have no further reward, uh, and even their name is forgotten. <coughs> now, he's talking... Solomon's talking from a human point of view here, okay? He's saying, look, you go to the graveyard, you're really, you know, you're reading these grave markers, and you, these people, you don't know the life. You don't know what happened between the date of birth and the date of death. And many of the old gravestones, if you notice, they wear, right? They wear. <coughs> so sometimes you don't, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes you don't even get to read the name. And with that, humanly, well, you know, just like this person I talked to, he would say, well, no, the grave's the end. We don't know anything after the grave. That's not true. But that's the way we think without God. That's not true. Their love, their hate, their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything, thank you, uh, under the sun, and uh, anything that happens under the sun. In other words, when you live just for today, that's all you got. Without any thought about what happens after the grave. Excuse me one sec. So I'm going to ask you a question here. As I entered the golden years, I say to myself, what's so golden about them? Do you? Now, the reality is what's golden about them is that Jesus gives me another day to serve him to make a difference for his glory, not for mine. <clears throat> and that's a lot. When we get into the mentality, live for today, there's nothing else, then we're capable of doing anything, anything, because we don't think there's life after the grave. We don't think there's accountability after the grave, and there is. We need to seize the day and live for the glory of God 
to know true hope, a living relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, there are days we don't feel well, correct? And that's part of the curse, whether you realize it or not. We don't feel well. However, there are days where we feel reasonably well, right? The pains are a little bit less. The, uh, you know, the thinking is a little bit more clear or, or whatever. We need to seize the day and live for the glory of God in everything we do. In everything we do. And we're going to probably end with verse 10. Here's what Solomon says. Go, go, eat your food with gladness, drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Right? And he goes on to say, always uh, be clothed in white, always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days, for this is the lot in, uh, I'm sorry, this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither work nor planning nor knowledge or wisdom. And, gee, this is awful bleak, right? When you think about it. But Solomon's message is twofold. One's explicit, one is implicit. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, he's saying go and just enjoy life. Because after you die, you got to be in for a rude awakening. But if you know God through Christ, here's what he's saying. Enjoy what you eat. That's the fruit of your labor, correct? Enjoy what you eat. Do you know Americans have the reputation of eating uh, uh, in the shortest time in the world. We don't even taste our food anymore. You know, we gulp it down because maybe we're on a crazy time schedule. Who knows? But Solomon is saying, look, no, you, God's giving you the means to put food on your table. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, you know, with Mary Lou and Sharon and, and all, we get together for holidays and Gloria when she was able. Um, we uh, take hours to prepare. Even Melissa. Uh, hours to prepare. And it seemed like it took us 10 minutes to eat it. Because we rushed. For what? Enjoy. Taste the food. Enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy marriage and family. I love being a grandparent. I'm, I'm sure Sharon does too. And Mary Lou does too. It's great. Joey still wants to know what happened uh, with the real father. But uh, uh, it's, it's great. And I enjoy those times together. I enjoy special occasions. We had a great one last week, didn't we? With Kristen and Bobby. Tremendous, the, the, the union of two souls under the sacred bonds of marriage. We had a great time. And enjoy your work. Work. Uh, who, can, who can enjoy work? It's a four-letter word. No, enjoy your work. I suspect, through the Holy Spirit, this is where Paul said, in everything you do, everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Well, what about a mother who has a newborn? Well, you can change diapers for the glory of God, can't you? You can feed an infant for the glory of God. What about caregivers? Well, you can, you can take care of people for the glory of God. What about students? Now you study for the glory of God. Not for your teacher. 
not for yourself. You study for the glory of God. What about people in the workplace? Solomon says this, do good day's work for a good day's pay. But I'm not getting paid enough. You agreed to the job. Do the work as if you're doing it for God. I Listen, I'm going to just give you one commentary before I end. And this is this. My first job paid 75 cents an hour. Right? That's, that's in the Stone Age. Uh, 75 cents an hour. And I worked my tail off. It was in a gas station. And um, uh, when my parents died when I was in high school, uh, the boss kindly raised me up to $4 an hour, which was big money back then. Right? And I look at starting wages today. And I say, how come young people don't want to work? 15, 16, 17, 18 dollars an hour. And there's, there's help wanted signs all over the place. I don't understand it. Listen, if it's honest work, do it for the glory of God, not for the money. Do it for the glory of God. I'll just give you this example. When I was first hired at the gas station, I was too young to pump gas. So uh, the only thing uh, I could do was clean up the tools, and they had two German shepherds in the, in the gas station. And my job was to clean up after them. And I did it without complaining. One of the reasons why is because my parents couldn't work anymore. And it was an honor to help them. But I did it. And God honored it. We have to understand that a biblical worldview has Christ at its center in everything we do. And we have to understand that every day we wake up is a gift. And it's up to us now how we're going to use that gift. We're going to finish this uh, chapter 9 next week. But let me just admonish you and encourage you that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus loves you. He loves you. Do you need anything else? Not only does he love you, he died for you. Shed his blood for you. He died in your place. Do you need anything else? He gives us our strength, our time, our minds, our hearts, to love people for his glory. He gives us our work so we can work for his glory. He gives us our family so we can minister to one another in his glory. So here's the question I'm going to leave you with. What are you going to do today? It's up to you. It's up to me. I'm going to ask Kimmy and Chip and Sharon to come up. Guess what the last song is going to be? Anybody want to guess? No? You're close. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Would you stand, please?
This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Louder. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord. could use some work tomorrow night seven o'clock be here for choir and uh the books are in the books are in and you'll be here seriously uh if you want to take part in choir be here seven o'clock tomorrow night and sharon will have your books and listen i've been to so many of these rehearsals over 30 years they are plain fun Mm -hmm. So, you'll enjoy them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another day. Father, I pray that we meet whatever challenges face us today in a way that brings honor to your name and to your kingdom. Father, bless everyone who's here. For those who aren't here today, Father, we pray uh, for them, that you would bless them. And Father, send us away in the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Uh, all God's people said? Amen. Great. God bless you.